get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carriker. The Cardinals getting ready to open a five-game, four-day series in Chicago against the Cubs. And joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is the Cardinal manager, Mike Schilt. Skipper, I know how much time you spend with the media, so we appreciate you taking a little bit more with us today. Of course, Randy, Michelle. How y'all doing today? Everything's good. This is such a weird season. How different has it been managing just managing games on a day-to-day basis for you as opposed to last year when all that was going on was baseball? Yeah, clearly different in every every step of the way. Even the games are a little different in the fact of rules and the preparation, the limited ability to to gather, you know, everything clearly for all of us that are listening has, has changed and and you accept it you move on to figure out the best way to to create a solution for the ever-evolving game of baseball and the ever-evolving things that that, that are that are around it mike you, the front office, members of the Cardinals organization, have described this year as an evaluation year for some of your players. You certainly want to get them as many bats as possible, so you know what you have out of certain guys. And you suck with guys, even when they haven't been performing or producing for you to get those at-bats. But how do you balance that evaluation with also trying to win every night? It has to be a difficult decision for you sometimes. Yeah, Michelle, you hit the... I mean, it's, the, it's a great question and one that um continue to to wrestle with and and it's you know we we always look you know when you have young players patience is required i mean uh, you know regardless i mean there's very few people that that start their career whether baseball or your occupation or coaching or whatever that you know everybody that started their career needed a little bit of a pretty much an opportunity to find out and get their footing and and have a learning curve to it you know there's very few just absolute rock stars that just show up and and just go into something that's really challenging like our game and and just take off. So the patience is required for development and you know, but that patience you allude to is not something that you know, we have high expectations that we don't regardless of circumstance, we don't shy away from with the with the St. Louis Cardinal organization. You know, so it is a different year in a lot of ways that we alluded to earlier. And it's a little bit different year where you know, we are creating opportunities for guys that have earned them. You know, we've, these guys have ability, and um, they've, they've rewarded some of those opportunities. And, and look, you know, regardless of how much experience they have, there's 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 not going to you – know, this game is challenging. You know, the veteran guys, you know, have a, have a, a more clarity and experience they can rely on to have an approach that allows them to be more consistent, which is a word I use a lot because that's really what we, we expect out of uh, – and want out of big league players is that consistency – you know, but it's it's a hard, challenging thing, and it's a learned thing. And their experience is the best teacher. And we have a lot of guys that are in our clubhouse that are being really, really supportive. 
and helping and teach, and that's one way wisdom takes place um, through other people's experiences. But, you know, the best way you learn is through your own, and um, it is a balancing act. I think we're doing it really well, quite honestly. You know, hey, this guy can, can get this opportunity and take off with it and, and grow, and we get to see what he can do and how he does, how he responds, which is a big thing. I mean, the response to it is a big part of it because this is a game, especially on the offensive side of, of failure, and how to learn how to do that is 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 believe it or not equally important as how to learn how to have the success because that allows that consistency to to happen when you know you you have a setback or things don't go as well how do you stay present to learn how to how to you know get them the next time and stay available mentally and and um, what that looks like and and that's a learned thing and and I've talked to you know and we've had guys that have come through that you know we've had success with this you know. I talked to Paul DeYoung. He's he's figured out what that looks like. He's had his learning curve, and he's been honest and open about it. You know, look up with Jack Flaherty last year. If people look back in, in Dakota Hudson and say, well, you know, think the consistency's not there, and you know, but talking to those guys and hey, stay with it and keep working and and you know, getting and take advantage of of the experience that you have and, and listening to others and be better the next time out. And both those guys took that step. But there was a learning curve to it um, last year. You know, I know we don't want to go through that learning curve, but it's important that, that we allow the opportunity to happen. And But there is, and it's part of my job to figure out. And, of course, you know, I do get guidance from our front office appropriately so. And and the balancing act of making sure that we have our ability to put our best foot forward and, and win and compete and give those guys the experience they can grow from is, is a delicate balance. And, and it's one we're, we're doing the best we can to strike. Mike Schill with us on 101 ESPN. And Mike, you used three terms there, expectations, learning curve, and patience. All three of those apply to Dylan Carlson, don't they? And uh, right now, uh, he, he's dealing with that learning curve. Heck, he, he played 18 games at AAA, took four months off from playing games, and then he shows up at the major league level. So with our expectations, he does have quite a learning curve and obviously the patience of the organization. But what have, what have your impressions been of Carlson? Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it because people sometimes just don't, and, and understandably, they just know the name, they know the talent. He's had good spring trainings. He's really a super talented young man. He's going to have a nice career. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that's one of the reasons that the learning curve is taking place more at the big leagues is because guys go the, through the minor leagues so quickly. And it's a credit to their ability. These guys are physically more advanced than they, they've ever been. Um for a variety of reasons we don't need to get into. But, you know, but you do look up and you realize that you've basically played with people in your peer age group with with close to similar experiences your entire life. And then you make that jump to the big league, big leagues, and now you've gone and you've broadened not only the age level you're competing against, but more importantly, the experience level you're competing with at this level. And don't kid yourself to think that's not an adjustment. And and so Dylan's handling it really well. We're going to continue to give him opportunities. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think he's going to be just fine. I think his learning curve will be fairly steep, and he'll get through it um, based on how his he's able to mentally deal with it. And and looks like he's very mature and even killed guy. And 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 he's got ability. You know, that that clearly helps. So Dylan's going to be fine, and he's going to he's going to get through this and. Um, there's going to be some growing pains and, and we're going to look up in, you know, some period of time and, and look back, you know, years from now and go, man, what a career. But just similar to the people that, 
have been established and have careers in any sport or any any field or occupation, don't kid yourselves. And if you're listening, you've you had your learning curve too. If you're at your top of your field or you're close to it or you've had sustained success in the field, you know, you probably can look back and realize that there was some moments that weren't real pretty when you first started. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> we all have that, Mike. You're absolutely right. But when Dylan first arrived on the scene with the Cardinals, he was open with the media. I know you've spoken about this as well, about the mentorship that he received internally. And one of those guys that he mentioned and that you mentioned that really kind of took him under his wing was Paul Goldschmidt. And when we look at the leaders of this team, we know Yadier Molina. We know Adam Wainwright. They've been the faces of the franchise for a really long time. But can you take us behind the scenes into the clubhouse? What is Paul Goldschmidt's leadership role like with this team? All those three guys you mentioned are really, really good leaders and stewards of our of our clubhouse and of our game, and they do it in different ways, and, and they do it in ways that, that I don't need to see. I don't go in the clubhouse a lot, but I, I do observe them. You know, Goldie's a very, you know, more stoic, quiet, but very giving, very matter-of-fact, has a heart, just like Yachty Wayno, um, Matt Weeders, Andrew Miller, other guys on our team, has a real heart for pouring into and helping the, the the next player become the best version of themselves, and he's just got a nice demeanor. He's a positive guy. He's he presents things in a very simple, well thought out, articulate and manner that that really resonates. It's practical, very practical in his information, and he's relatable. And he's and he in a and I'm pretty certain he's he's pretty vulnerable about you know hey I experienced this and I had trouble with that or you know this is what I think about and. I mean, can encourage you, but he's multi- ultimately he's got a lot of wisdom and he's an encourager and he's a tremendous um, resource. And I, I'm very grateful for him and the other guys that they're willing to shepherd these young players and, and help them through that learning curve. Cardinal manager Mike Schilt with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. More coming up right after this. We appreciate the time of the Cardinal manager Mike Schilt today. He's joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and. Mike, yesterday we had Tony LaRussa on the show, and I asked him why the Cardinals have been so good for so long and mentioned the Red Sox and the, the roller coaster they've been on since 2004, the Twins, bad, good, bad, good. The Royals have been in that same sort of a situation. And he attributed the Cardinal overall success to leadership in the clubhouse. So with that being said, we talked about Goldschmidt, but Molina, Wainwright, how much better do those guys make you, and how much do you lean on them as you go about your day? A lot. Um, on both phases, I lean on them a lot. I trust them a lot. But you know, the clubhouse is really the really the strength of of any club. You know, look, my job is to help make good decisions, help provide you know solid preparation, hold appropriate accountability. But I can't do any of that without a group of players that they have um, the desire to be great individually and collectively, and and be um, walk the walk. And, and that's what that group does. I mean, they're very sincere about us being good. They're dedicated. Um, they do. They take seriously the little things because little things add up to big things. They're very professional. They're dedicated to um, their individual crafts, which which send the message. You know, actions do speak louder than words. But then when they do speak, they also speak with wisdom and come from a place of, of teamwork. You know, and of um, you know, it's it's. It's team first, win first with this group. And and look, they all have their own individual careers. They've all done very well in their careers. They've been rewarded for their for their talents and their effort and their dedication to their careers. Um, they all have their off field brands and 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 are involved in communities, which is in, impressive. 
but they're very sincere about uh, the group being being good and the next group being being good and and um, you know it's a it's a learned behavior and it's a it's something that we we hold dearly and and as far as helping me I mean that's the you know look you know that group has allowed us to do what we are supposed to do but all the credit for our success goes to that clubhouse. Mike, what's the latest information that you can give us about Carlos Martinez and his return? Four innings simulated game yesterday um, through in the 50s of pitches. 91-94, good sink. Slaughter was good. We got better as he went, felt strong. You know, we'll see how he recovers today. Uh, but he's on track to get back to to be able to help us out and, and um, you know, start to – because we got all these doubleheaders coming up. We're going to really need – you know, pretty much six starters that can that can carry and shoulder the innings. Mike, it's interesting. A hundred percent of the fans that I've talked to and the people in the media, they like the seven inning doubleheaders. Maybe not eight of them in September or whatever it's going to be. How do you like? <laughs> how do you like them? Yeah, I got I, that. That um, I can echo that. I, I don't mind them. I, I, you know, I dealt with them in the minor leagues, and you know, I think for for I mean, look, you know, moving forward, you don't expect to have them like this. I mean. Hopefully, we, we break out of this COVID world at some point for for beyond baseball. Um, but you know, you, you just you don't expect to have them that frequently at the major league level. Um, if it's going to be a new, somewhat norm, the seven innings just make a lot of sense. We talk about the pitchers clearly. You know, you, you want to make sure that we're taking care of players' health. Seven innings is a competitive game. Um, it is what it is. You can you can manage it. You can strategize for it. But seven innings is a, is a, is a competitive game. Um, and it makes sense for the pitching, and it also makes sense for the position players because you know that's a group that probably does. That's the lunch pail group, right? That you know people rightfully so talk about the protection, and we do our best to back to Michelle's point earlier. You know, we the fine line between competition and and taking care of our players is also taking place on our pitching side. And I feel like we've done a really good job. Communication has been a big part of that with our pitchers. Um, we're not going to – I think we've proven that. We've been able to take care of our pitchers and, and pass the ball around, as Mike Maddox, our pitching coach, would say, with, and, and still been competitive, clearly. But the position players and doubleheaders, and, uh, and a lot of them light up, you know, those are the guys that are out there on their feet getting after running the bases and grinding. And uh, we try and do the best we can to take care of them as well. And, so the seven innings does make some sense for that standpoint also. Mike, I want to talk about one guy that's going to get time because of the doubleheaders, and he's given the Cardinals so much, this is Matt Carpenter, that you, you want to be patient and you're going to give him time. Are you seeing things from Matt that make you believe that he's going to be able to come out of this? And if so, what, what if you can share it with the fans, what would it be? Yeah, you know what? Um, the one thing that I appreciate that we have more of is, is there's more clarity to measurables. And, and we do a good job with that. It's moved our needle. You know, it's, we've been able to um, blend the techniques with the measurables and, you know, some of the things that we can track and then have a better idea of where players are trending, give them a better idea where they're trending, how they're trending. I know you asked about Carver. For example, like Tyler O'Neill, you know, the bat against Iglesias, we feel comfortable in that at bat because Tyler strikes them just was improved dramatically. Um, he hit the ball in the air, so we got to run our third with less than two outs. You know, he had a good at bat against the Glaciers the day before. Lines, you know, it's a rocket to left field. But we can have confidence in that at bat because we know he's he's trending, he's not chasing, and so forth. You know, relative to Carp, similar deal. We're seeing um, 
always going to have good strike zone discipline. He's able. He's been able to get to more pitches. He's been able to to handle more pitches. He's been able to barrel more pitches. You know, so so all the measurable things point in the right direction. You know, he's not as dimensional. He just hasn't been rewarded as much. You know, he's hit the ball the other way more. You know, he's hit a lot of balls to the warning track. You know, especially in our stadium, um, and he's hit some pe- balls at people. So in that regard, you know, there is some some. Um, some positivity that he's, you know, proverbially trending in the right direction, but we do recognize that results are important and we can't minimize those, you know, that being a part of it as well. And one reason that we believe is because we saw what happened with Dexter Fowler, who I thought Mike was giving the Cardinals more than they could have reasonably yep. expected when he had to leave the lineup. It's a bummer that he had to leave the lineup. Yep. 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 Couldn't agree more, Randy. Um, and, and some of the same things that we just talked about applauded Dexter, you know, he was, um, you know, well documented, not in a great place. You know, in, on a couple levels, a couple years ago, you know, he got back to being more of himself, which I appreciate. <clears throat> you know, he's got that you know million dollar smile that we love to see, and we saw started to see more of it, and got some joy back in his in his game. And but also there were just some things that that we were able to recognize that he was able to work on and individually. And, and he's got you know Barry Bonds is a, is a guy that he's worked with as well, but. There was clarity and there was, um, you know, agreement on some of the things he was needed to work on, and he was able to tighten some things up with his swing. And we started to see some of those measurables get back to where we would hope they would, as far as, you know, strike zone management, as far as exit velocity, as far as, you know, the swing itself, and just being more compact. And you know, Dex is in a really good spot, and he worked really hard to his credit, and he gets all the credit to get back to being able to to get the most out of his ability. And that's all we're really looking for at every turn with our players is how do we figure out to give them the best tools and then allow them to get the most out of their time, energy, effort, and God-given ability. And Dex was able to do that and having a really, really nice year, not only offensively, but also defensively as well. A nice running grab in the Cleveland series, two sliding catches, Colt cut multiple balls off in the gap, holding guys to first base, a couple times led to double plays that – you know, just did a, nice, a lot of nice things for us. You know, ran the base as well, and and was you know continued to be. We talked about that veteran, you know, presence in the in the clubhouse. He had his own way of shepherding guys and being positive with with our players. So, you know, he he really picked up his game, stepped it up, and was having a nice season for us that was contributing to us winning. And and um, gonna miss all of that. Hey, Mike. One last thing before we let you go. I mentioned to you on the night before you guys came back in Chicago. Uh, I suggested that at least in my observation, what you guys are doing after the COVID-19 was one of the greatest challenges in baseball history, coming back with all that time off and playing games right away with no time to really prepare for it. And I know you're living in the moment, but as we sit here in early August, how much pride do you take in the, in the way your team has done what they've done over the last three weeks or so? Yeah, I'm a pretty present guy, as you know, Randy, and evaluate what we have and stay present with my time and energy. But you can take a step back, and I think it's appropriate maybe on an off day to look back. There's just the amount of respect, and you know, it's almost indescribable because, you know, like you say, it's historic. It's, it continues to be historic. I mean, what we're continuing to do is, is something that's not even been close to have happened in the history of our game, and we're doing it pretty daggone well. But you look back and you realize that if you think that you lose a third of your roster, half of your coaching staff, you don't get to participate in baseball for two weeks 
for three days, every player gets a 20 to 30 minute window to throw or to play catch or to hit off a machine and to take a few ground balls and to come back and to, to win your first series back and to compete to the level that we've competed at, at the major league level, the highest level. You've got pitchers that have come in and pitched in the series in Chicago that didn't even throw a live batting practice. And guys like Meisinger, who hadn't pitched in a game in a year, are pitching in a game without missing about five steps that would take place prior to typical competition. We have 13 players make their Cardinal debut basically in three days. And to do what we've been able to do to keep things how we've kept them and to continue to do so is speaks volumes to our entire organization. The players get the utmost credit for it by staying mentally and physically ready to compete, and they deserve that credit. We do our jobs as staff, but I will say, based on some unbelievable, unusual, um, hopefully never-to-be-seen-again circumstances, our organization was able to step up and people were able to step into roles, and we were able to, to, to keep this thing, you know, we did our jobs, but people did their jobs really well um, medically, you know, from our clubhouse group, from our field staff, clearly across the board, there's people that did unbelievable, unbelievable work. And, um, but we um, are where we're at now and we move forward and we continue to put our heads down and figure out a way to, to continue to find solutions to help us win baseball games. Mike, Michelle and I are lucky because we're fans with access. And on behalf of these two fans, we can't thank you enough for what what you do, the time you spend with us, but also for bringing us Cardinal baseball. You know how important it is to this community. And as a couple of fans, we thank you very much. Well, we're grateful for it. We're blessed to be able to do it. And um, we'll continue to do our best to be good stewards of the organization. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Go get them in Chicago. Thank you. Will do. Thank you. That's the Cardinal manager, Mike Schiltz. Great conversation on 101 ESPN. Another great coach coming up. We have connected with Dick Vermeil, and he'll join us next on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.